0: Not, not so good of feelings coming out of that Viking game in Kansas City last night, final tune-up of the preseason. However, Mike Zimmer was optimistic. One of his quotes post-game: I feel like we're going to uh, be pretty good, but we have to go out and prove it. Early on, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City dominated the Viking defense, and, and I think that led to a Twitter outburst. Of freaked out Viking fans, and to help us walk through what we saw, and what we can expect week one and beyond, Matthew Collar from Purple Insider and Matthew, good to visit with you. But uh, I was just amazed at the beginning of the game, and Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City carved up the purple, and people were freaking out on Twitter. And let's face it, Mahomes does that to everybody. <laughs>
1: No, you're right. He does. I mean, there's no better quarterback in the NFL than Patrick Mahomes. And when the Vikings were not playing Patrick Peterson or (laughs) Hunter or Eric Hendricks or Harrison Smith, that's about what it would look like. But, you know, right after Mike Zimmer said, I think we'll be a pretty good team. He also said, but if we get anyone hurt, it's going to be a big problem. And I think that's what you've seen throughout this entire preseason, where I think we know that certain guys are all pros and pro bowlers and they're proven and they're going to be good, but they're a hangnail away from somebody who doesn't know how to play. And I think we've seen that. Um, We saw that from the backup safeties and Mike Zimmer called them out in the TV broadcast uh, last night, as he does have a tendency to do, but you know, this is kind of what happens when you have a lot of star talent, you have a top heavy roster and you pay a lot of people and you miss on a lot of draft picks is, you really have to hope that those stars are able to be stars because you've seen that the backup receivers can't really get open. And Kirk Cousins has mostly been throwing to tight ends and fullbacks and running backs. When the first team has been out there, you've seen what the backup safeties, the backup linebackers, what they look like. And so I know that a lot of people tweeted me and said, no one has great depth. Well, just a couple of years ago, Brian Robinson was a backup for this team, and so was Latavius Murray, and and so was Anthony Harris. Like those were those were your depth players. Uh, that era is no more here. That uh, you know, basically they have to just uh, look to the heavens and pray for good health this year.
0: Well, and here's another one Matthew that stands out to me: the backup quarterback play this preseason has been. Not good, and it, it was one of those situations where you're, you're kind of like, okay, Kirk Cousins has been very durable. Say what you want about Kirk. This this guy has been durable. Uh, but what we've seen in general so far out of the candidates to be the number two, not good.
1: Um, truly abominable um, out of both quarterbacks for really the entire offseason going through you know training camp practice as well. I mean, Jake Browning looks a little more competent in practice than he has uh, in the games, where he's completed less than 40% of his passes, which is just almost impossible for a backup quarterback in preseason action to do. I mean, you're playing against backups, and you would think that uh, there would be something at least there that to look like you'd have some confidence if this guy had to play in real games, but there was nothing there. And then, yeah, there were a couple flashes from Kellen Mond but he also overthrew a guy for an interception. He got strip sacked. Um, you know, it still looked like a rookie quarterback. Um, and the fact that he, Kellen Mond was still not coming out as the number two quarterback for that game tells you where he stands and what they've thought of his offseason and his practices so far. And it hasn't been great in practice either. And so now they've got to be looking at uh, who else can be brought in here. Should they bring in a veteran again? Should they just pray? I mean... Uh, The the difference with Cousins, though, this year is obviously COVID, and uh, he has sort of made it clear that he's going to remain unvaccinated, which means that there's always going to be that possibility of a close contact or just whatever the virus ends up getting him. You know, like anything can happen with that. You can have the worst luck, uh, and then you're turning to Jake Browning. Like, I think they've got to find a way to do uh, better than that, but it really – shine a light on just how poor their backup quarterback situation is
0: yeah and if you're going into a season relying on a backup quarterback to win football games and get to the playoffs there aren't many teams that that you know can can say hey with our backup we're going anywhere i mean green bay without aaron Rodgers, uh, tampa bay without tom brady i mean it, it it really is tough without a frontline quarterback to get it done in the nfl it goes without saying but Back to what we've seen, it is a little bit scary. In fairness to Kirk Cousins and what we saw to him early in the game and what we've seen in his limited snaps is he hasn't had a lot of his key weapons available either because they just don't want to risk injury. I know everyone uh, held their breath when Adam Thielen limped off the field in the second game of the preseason and on and on. You, you just don't want to risk Delvin Cook and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, right. No, and and I think that that's the right thing to do, to not play Justin Jefferson, yeah. who has been battling a shoulder injury, and to not play Adam Thielen after he got a banged-up thigh or just Delvin Cook ever, because Delvin, uh, you know, is going to come out looking great um, from the very beginning, and that sure. they're going to ride him a lot. Uh, the one thing about the backup quarterback situation, though, is that if you were to lose Kirk for one or two games, that could be the difference between making the playoffs and not. So just a couple of years ago, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Vikings with Matt Moore in when Patrick Mahomes got hurt, and they made the the number two seed, which at the time got them a home a home field bye. So it can make the difference. And right now, you would just write in L, almost no matter who they were playing if you had those backup quarterbacks. And the other thing too about Cousins and playing with uh, you know the first team offense, like it, it's absolutely true that he doesn't have Justin Jefferson and Thielen. Those guys are elite wide receivers, but. Again, the next layer down of receivers is K.J. Osborne and Amir Smith-Marset, two fifth-round picks who really haven't shown a whole heck of a lot. I mean, K.J. Osborne has been okay in practice, but that's about it. And it still feels like if the shoulder injury is recurring for Justin Jefferson and him up, or if Adam Thielen gets banged up at all, that's what your first-team offense is going to look like. I mean, Mahomes, Josh Allen today I think was, something like you know 20 for 25 with 200 yards or whatever i mean like this is like the rest of the starting quarterbacks in the league are usually tearing it up around this time and their first team offense for the vikings was doing nothing so you can't you don't put too much on it but you also still go okay this is something to keep an eye on
0: Uh, another thing that came out of the game last night, the signing of Everson Griffin uh, comes back to the Vikings after uh, stints in Dallas and Detroit. Here he comes back, and you wrote on Purple Insider, written on Purple Insider about, you know, th- th- this guy still has something to, to bring to the table.
1: He yeah, it was Sam Ekstrom. Like, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, Sam wrote that article, right? He instantly looked like, not Sam, Everson Griffin, Uh, Sam has no burst off the edge, but Everson sure does. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, Everson looked like their best defensive end, aside from Daniel Hunter, right away. And I know that Mike Zimmer said they're bringing back Everson Griffin to be a situational player, but how long does that last? Maybe one week, maybe two weeks? And I guess my question is, what took so long to get Everson Griffin here? Because now he is starting a little behind the eight ball, and he isn't going to be able to play – Uh, a full load of snaps in the first week in Cincinnati, maybe not in Arizona either until he gets back to kind of a hundred percent where most of the guys have been practicing every day. I just wonder why this took so long and no one really answered that question. Um, You know, that I know that Everson Griffin had wanted to return to the Vikings throughout the summer. And now that we see him like, okay, this defensive line does have a chance to be one of the best in the NFL. If he's playing a lot, if they're going to stick with the, Steven Weatherly and D.J. Wanham and then Everson Griffin comes in only on third down. I guess I'm going to wonder why, because it was very clear that Griffin is their second best defensive lineman other than Daniil Hunter.
0: And another area, and we we talked about this before, and it, it's a frequent topic for anybody who follows the Vikings at all, special teams improvement, huge key uh, what did you see over the three games? What did you see against Kansas City? Um, they, they, they've got to be more consistent than they were a year ago.
1: Yeah, I think what they've discovered is that they have a kick and punt returner, and that's Amir Smith Barset, their fifth round draft pick. He just has a quickness to him that you expect with a kick and punt returner, where it's that first step, and you can just see it, whether it's in person or on TV, that the guy has that explosion. When he gets the ball, and and I think Marcet has that. He's had a couple of good returns, and they'll probably go with him to start the season because he took all of the return duties, I think, in the last two games. Nobody else but him returned. So that's a good sign from last year where they had nobody who could return. Uh, And now the kicker situation, though, is still up in the air as it will always be for the rest of our lives, man. I just feel like <laughs> we're never going to have this ever solidified. But right. um, Greg, jo- you know, Greg Joseph has had you know, not a, a very successful training camp in preseason whenever he's been asked to kick from any type of distance. And we saw it again in these two preseason games where he had a 51 and a 52, missed both of those uh, in practice. He's missed the deep ones pretty often and made the short ones. And so I think they've got to look around and see if there are any other kickers that end up on the free agent market. Um, and then kind of here we are again, very last minute, looking around for a kicker.
0: Yeah, and I, I hate to put this on Mike Zimmer, but I, I think it is a fair criticism in what I've observed. If a kicker, and let's face it, all these guys have strong legs and can kick it a mile, it all becomes a head game. But if they come into a situation where they know the head coach is tough on kickers, that that's part of the head game. I, I think it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that Mike Zimmer has been hard on kickers. You know, look, look at what he did to the kid they drafted. And they gave him two games and he was gone. That gets around. Every kicker in the league knows
1: what the situation is here. Yeah, and it does make you wonder, like, do kickers want to sign here because of right. that? And because, you know, even we saw Dan Bailey go from one of the league's better kickers to, you know, falling off pretty big last year. Although I wonder how much of that was physical, too, because he'd had some injuries in the past. And so maybe that was part of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting that they just have not been able to pin down this position. Um, and you wonder, like, how much is... Mike Zimmer, how much is bad luck? These guys are supposed to be the most mentally tough kickers, right? I mean, because... Well, sure. Right? So I I don't know. Like, some of it could be just bad luck. There are other teams, Chicago, Cleveland. Like, there are a handful of other teams that have a different kicker every year, too. So I, I don't know if it's Zimmer's fault or it's just bad luck or what. I mean, but this year, where you could question is... They just got a guy off the scrap heap in Greg Joseph. This was not a proven kicker. I think he hadn't kicked since maybe 2019 or 2018 um, in the NFL, and he had only had one season of kicking before this. So uh, this wasn't like you were bringing in Adam Vinatieri here, and then all of a sudden he started missing. They were bringing in a guy who doesn't even really have an NFL career, and then no competition with him either, which I thought was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, the the Matt Shoemaker – Of kickers they they brought in, (laughs) a Twins reference there, a cheap shot, not not fair. He hasn't even kicked in a regular season game for the Vikings. But it still is curious to me uh, on that dynamic, on how it just seems to go that way, especially when you're guaranteed kicking indoors nine games a season. You think kickers would go, I can kick in U.S. Bank Stadium eight games, and I get one in Ford Field for sure.
1: Yeah, this sort of feels like, uh, to make a twins comparison, um, they used to get the pitchers who threw like 87 miles an hour. They would pitch the contact and they were like, you know, we're, we're, we're really smart. We have this, you know, super system of figuring these yeah, things out. Sure. And eventually it just blew up on them. It feels that way for a lot of Vikings positions. Like, offensive line, every offensive lineman that they have almost, I mean, is moving positions all the time. Oh, he was a tackle, now he's a guard. Oh, a kicker, we, we can scout the kicker who will be great from college or on the free agent yep. market, so we won't pay anything for him. And it's like, but can you? Because I'm not sure I've really seen that play out. So there's a little bit of like the recurring mistakes that we see from the front office and, and how they build the roster that just keep happening over and over again. And I think the kicker is one of those.
0: Well, good to visit with you. Uh, love the coverage. Uh, you and Sam Ekstrom and company at uh, Purple Insider. Great work. How do people subscribe?
1: Yep, yeah, if they go to purpleinsider.substack.com, they can sign up for the newsletter and listen to the Purple Insider podcast.
0: Yeah, outstanding. Good, good to visit with you. Thanks. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, there he is, Matthew Collar. And let the hand-wringing begin, the opener, high noon, at Cincinnati on Sunday, September 12th. (laughs) Buckle up. This is going to be really interesting.